I started at a new school when I was in the seventh grade. And so I was very excited when the guy I sat next to in math class handed me an invitation to his birthday party. It said, you are invited to Justin's bar mitzvah. Now I'd been to lots of birthday parties, but never a bar mitzvah. I'd heard of them because a number of my new friends were Jewish, uh, but they also said that's when they became a man. And that was kind of confusing to me because my voice hadn't even broken. But now this is not a story about me. So I asked Justin, what should I expect at the bar mitzvah? Well, he says it's just like a regular birthday party, except that you dress in a suit. Uh, we go to the temple, there's a religious ceremony, and then everybody goes back to our hotel in the city for a big formal reception. That is not like a regular party where I grew up. Well, I was undaunted. We found a suit, uh, polished my shoes, and my mom wrapped up a present, just like she did for every other birthday party. And as she's dropping me off for the party, I, I asked her, oh, what gift did you buy him, by the way? And she says, I didn't know what to get him, but he's becoming a man, so I bought him a thesaurus. <laughs> well, it turns out kids are not getting a library of thesauruses for their bar mitzvah. Uh, most people just give money in case you ever needed to know. It was a disaster gift, and uh, I was never invited to another bar mitzvah after that. I don't know if you've ever made a mistake with a gift. Have you ever gotten it wrong? I've misread the situation, messed it up. Well, in church today, we're thinking about spiritual gifts and some of the ways that we can get it wrong when it comes to spiritual gifts in the church. But we'll also be thinking about how to get it right. So why don't you stick around and we'll see what the Bible says about spiritual gifts in just a moment. Well, good morning and welcome to Yontville Community Church. My name is Dan Bidwell, Senior Pastor here. Uh, it is so great to have you with us as we turn our attention to the God who loves us and the God who has gifted us with every spiritual blessing in Christ, as it says in Ephesians 1 verse 3. So I encourage you to uh, enjoy the gift of these next 20 or so minutes, uh, to sit back, turn off the other distractions, and to listen for what God is saying to you today through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. Uh, but before we open the Bible, I wanted to let you know that we are one step closer to the reopening of our church as the renovations draw to a close and as we progress through the final permitting. Uh, so if you currently receive our weekly emails, please watch out for an announcement from the church board in the next uh, few days. If you'd like to sign up for those messages, you can do so by filling out our Connect card at our website. The address is right here, yontvillechurch.org. Uh, we would love to get you connected with us so that we can welcome you as we get back to in-person church here in the Napa Valley and beyond as we continue to share the hope of Jesus. So we look forward to hearing from you and to uh, sharing that announcement shortly. Well, we have one last message today, so let me hand you over to Charlotte our kids minister. Hello everybody, my name is Charlotte. I'm the kids minister here at Yonville Community Church and I'm so excited to be welcoming your kids back in person in just a few weeks. It's gonna be really wonderful to have them all back. 
Um, but for now, we're going to continue to put out weekly videos on our Yonville Kids Church YouTube channel. So we would love for you to watch them and share them with any little ones in your life. But for now, we're going to turn to God's word. So will you pray with me as we do so? Heavenly Father, we pray that as we open your word, you would be speaking to us and teaching us about spiritual gifts and how to use them for your glory. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of our Summer Lovin' series. Uh, we've been learning about how love shapes the Christian life and about how love shapes the life of the church. And as we return to the topic of spiritual gifts for a second week, the question we need to start with is this. How does love shape our use of spiritual gifts in the church? Uh, just to jog your memory of what we learned last week, we were looking at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. And we learn that God pours out his Holy Spirit on everyone who believes in Jesus. And part of that pouring out is that the Holy Spirit gives every believer some kind of spiritual gift for the good of the church. And the list of gifts we saw last week included some impressive spiritual gifts, gifts of healing, prophecy, of speaking in tongues, special wisdom, extraordinary faith. Whatever gift we have, it's not meant to inflate our ego. It's meant to help us build the church. And uh, whatever gift we receive, it's because that's a gift that the Holy Spirit has chosen for us. Uh, so that's the background. Uh, now we're going to open up 1 Corinthians 12 again for the next part of Paul's masterclass on gifts in the church. Because our passage today is all about how to get gifts right in the church and how to let love shape our use of spiritual gifts. And love starts with our understanding of what the church is. The church, says the Apostle Paul, the church is a body. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And there are other metaphors for the church in the New Testament. A church as family, church as God's household, church as the temple of God, church as God's chosen people, a church as the bride of Christ, and so on. But time and time again, Paul comes back to the idea of church as body. So why is this particular idea so key for Paul? What changes when we see our fellow church members as a body and not just a collection of people who happen to frequent the same building on a Sunday morning? Well, the answer is love. Rather than seeing what separates us, we see what joins us together. Reading from verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we're all given the one spirit to drink. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 13. The Christian church is made up of all kinds of people. It was back then, just like it is now. And back then, the big social divides were between Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free. Christians from a Jewish background were used to being God's chosen people from the Old Testament times. But in Christ, the kingdom of God was now extended to people from every tribe and nation and tongue. And the exclusive church was 
opened up to all as Jesus sent his messengers to the ends of the earth. And that's still true today. And so we should expect to see people from every tribe and nation and tongue in our church. People of different races and, and different skin colors and different ethnicities. Because the hope of Jesus is for all the world. It's for every person. And the same is true when people come into our church from different socioeconomic backgrounds, or from different educational backgrounds, from different philosophical or political backgrounds. God will bring us people who've never stepped into a church before, uh, those with no church background. He'll bring every generation. He'll bring people who like the same music as you and, and people who don't, people who dress like you and, and people who don't. He'll even bring people with strange accents, just like mine. But despite our differences, this passage reminds us that what joins us is more powerful than what separates us. Verse 13, For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we were all given the Spirit to drink. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. What makes us a body is the Holy Spirit. We are linked together, glued together, we belong together because God has brought us together by His Holy Spirit to make us one. This is the spiritual reality of the church. Even though you may not see it as you walk in the door, we're gathered because God in His mercy and in His love has drawn us together. He's drawn us together in this place at this time to achieve His purposes. Christ's body is no longer in the world and so He uses us the church, by the enabling of the Holy Spirit to be his hands and his feet. So our first big idea is that the church is a body, despite our differences. And we ought to love our church body, just as we love our own bodies. Um, that was the second great command uh, from Jesus, wasn't it? The second greatest command, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. A church is a body. We ought to love the body, despite our differences. Well, what happens when we get that wrong? Well, the rest of the passage shows us two common mistakes that we can make as a church when we look at the differences between us. And the first mistake we can make in a church is feeling like we don't belong. Now, I'm not talking about feeling left out because of your ethnicity or your age or your socioeconomic status. I think the verse we read before was clear enough in saying, that the barriers between us are destroyed when we are in Christ. Jew, Gentile, slave, free. None of those markers should create a separation between us in the body of Christ. And the burden is on each of us to love our fellow church members, despite our physical differences. So we're not talking about uh, feeling left out because of our physical differences. Instead, Paul is talking about people feeling left out of the church because of the spiritual gift that God has given them. Think back to that list of spiritual gifts that we read last week in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. A gifts like healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, words of wisdom and knowledge. These are the sort of gifts that would put a person in the limelight. That would get you noticed. And it could seem like those gifts are the only ones that might be valued by the church. And so perhaps if you don't have one of those prominent publicly applauded gifts, you might feel like you don't belong, like you have nothing to contribute. 
Well, listen to what Paul writes if you're feeling that way. Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Well, it wouldn't for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 15 to 16. Paul says when you belong to the body, it doesn't matter if you're a, a foot or an eye, you still belong to the body and the whole body needs you. In fact, we need all of the different body parts in order to be a functioning body. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, well, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 17 to 18. Paul highlights some of the prominent spiritual gifts in our passage here because the Corinthian church had a problem with elevating those gifts over every other gift. And they were important gifts, but no more important than gifts like encouragement or giving or serving that we see in Romans 12, verse 7 and 8, or the gifts of helping and guidance that we see here in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Well, at our house, we've been watching a TV show called Madam Secretary. It's a drama about the Secretary of State. We love the political shows here at our house. When the last episode we watched, the Secretary was supposed to give a commencement speech at a high school. She was called away to a world drama at the last moment. And so her speechwriter goes to take her place. And nervously, he gets up on the podium to speak. And this is what he says. Honestly, this is probably the first moment in my adult life that I've stood in the spotlight. Truth be told, it's probably going to be the last. Why? Because I'm one of those people who works in the dark. In this world of relentless self-promotion, we've all been raised to think that the limelight is the only light worth seeking. But that isn't the case. And he says, if I can impart one thing today, a small, simple truth to carry with you, as you walk through, through those gates, it's this. Achievement is often anonymous. Some of the greatest things have been done by people you've never heard of, quietly dedicating their lives to improving your own. Well, whatever spiritual gift God has given you, it is exactly what he wanted to give you. It may be a spiritual gift that sees you working in the dark. Might be working behind the scenes on video production, might be stuffing envelopes in the office. It might mean sweeping the church pavement hours before everyone arrives or helping guests find a parking spot. It may be checking the restroom for supplies or making a pastoral phone call when you don't feel like it. it might be praying for church in the quietness of your own room. There are so many ways that God will use you in the darkness, perhaps in ways that even I won't see, but God sees. And he's placed every part of the body exactly where he wants us. So please know that we appreciate you and that your work for the Lord contributes to growing his kingdom. And we need you to keep serving in the strength that God gives you. Well, this is a good time for me to remind you about our volunteer interest form. Uh, we do need lots of people to make church work. And the more hands, the more we can share the load. There are all kinds of ways to serve and some of the roles on here are more in the background and some more in the foreground. We'd love you to take this form. 
and look over it and ask God to lead you to an area where you could contribute to the life of the church. I'm convinced that there is something for everyone because I'm convinced that God has distributed a spiritual gift to each of you, just as he determines. Uh, we've put a link to this form in the e-news a couple of days ago, and we'll repeat it again this coming Friday, because we would love to start uh, forming teams and doing training as we get ready to reopen. But coming back to our sermon, uh, we can make the mistake of feeling like we don't belong when we don't hold one of those prominent gifts. But the other common mistake is for those of us who are in prominent roles, when we feel like others in the church are less important because of the role that they play. So this is a word of warning for people like me especially, but we all need to listen because we're so easily, we so easily put ourselves above others. Listen to what God says to us in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21 to 22. Paul pushes the body metaphor to the point of absurdity. Imagine an eyeball in a glass jar saying it doesn't need the rest of the body. Well, of course it couldn't because it doesn't have a mouth. Or imagine a brain in a jar. It works in the movies, but in, in real life an eye can't do anything without its connective tissues and muscles and, and eyelids to protect it from the light and a brain to process the signals that are sent through the optic nerve. On its own, the eye can do nothing. And the same for a brain. They need the rest of the body in order to perform their own primary function. The important lesson is for those of us who are eyes or brains in the church. We need the hands and the feet. We are nothing without the rest of the body. As Paul says, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22. This is a very countercultural message compared to what we hear in most areas of life. We're so used to hierarchy and the pecking order and judging one another on where we fit in society and assigning worth to people according to achievement. But the church ought to be different. Rather than shaming the weaker parts, God teaches us to elevate their status. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22 to 25. And this really reminds me of Jesus, who said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But Jesus chided his disciples when they sought to put themselves into places of honour. Jesus sought out the lowly, and the humble, and the sinners, and the sick. Jesus rejected the earthly accolades of kingship, and instead he wore a crown of thorns. See, Jesus modeled this very passage, didn't he? Bringing honor to the lowly, restoring modesty to the ashamed, and welcoming sinners to the banquet table. Well, what should that look like in our church community? 
That means that whatever gift a person brings, whatever offering they contribute by way of service or anything else, whatever role they play in our church family, we need to keep trusting that God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. Well, I feel a little bit rebuked by this passage because I find it so easy to fall back into worldly patterns of judging and diminishing people because of their contribution. But God reminds us that his kingdom is different and his church is different and we're to be different. We honor others. We don't create divisions and we have concern for one another. If you boil it down, it's all about love, isn't it? A church that is transformed by love in every part of our lives. A church that follows after the example that Jesus set for us. I want us to be that church. Will you pray for that with me? Well, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, we're reminded that we are the body of Christ and each one of us is a part of it. Heavenly Father, help each one of us to feel that we are part of the body, to serve and to contribute to the body with whatever gifts you've given us. For those who are in humble places, Father, may we give them extra honour. For those who are in places of prominence, Father, help us not to lord it over others, but to treat others with respect and to have equal concern. Father, we pray that our church would be full of love, full of mercy, full of repentance, full of joy, and full of the hope that we find in Jesus Christ, of lives transformed and, and mistakes forgotten and forgiven, and the hope of eternal life that comes through him alone. Father, may we be that community to the glory of Jesus, whose name we pray. Amen.